You are listening to episode 157 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody, here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we go toe-to-toe and blow-for-blow with this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So for those of you wondering, uh, this week was a little bit of super punch out. Ryan and I are recording remotely. We didn't play a game last week and we're like, let's pop out those SNES minis, cover, take off the dust from the top of them, you know, blow off that dust and uh, let's get to playing some punch out. I had a good time, dude. Yeah, I mean, I just I sent you a bunch of pictures. I've been rearranging my nerd room upstairs and everything is so nice and awesome now. And I finally got my little TV back from you upgraded our gaming experience on the regular and uh threw that up on a wall mount and i even i kept the so what i did i couldn't find a way to put those like a little shelf under there or i didn't want to go through all the effort so i just took the stand that it sits on lowered it because it's got like i don't know that stand is held on by like eight screws in two rows so i just lowered it one row and put the screws in set the things on there put a little bit of uh double-sided velcro on there sweet little shelf so i mean i'm looking at it right now before we start digging into all of our stuff uh is that a pole that's holding it up like is that the wall mount what is that uh no that's a cable hide oh okay all right i mean it looks like a pole so i mean it kind of has this like look to it like you're <laughs> yeah you literally are holding the stand on but like one pole on the corner i'm like damn that's a strong ass pole yeah, it sucks too. Like I put it there because that's basically like right under where the mount is. Yeah. And then afterwards I was like, you know, I've got a lot more flex in these cables. I could move that over so that it's not like in a stupid place. And then as I went to peel it off, I could see it started to rip the paint off the wall. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, you're like, no, nope, no, let's not do this. <laughs> I know I have a bunch of touch up stuff that I should really do on my walls. So maybe one day I'll just rip it off because I'll just do touch up everywhere and just move yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way Not to do today, it, unfortunately. <laughs> no, that's a project for another day, for sure. I'm always like, now I'm always in my head after I try to remove something adhesive. I was like, why didn't I just go grab the hairdryer? Because that works yeah. like most of the time. Yeah, but I mean, like the hairdryer, if it's adhesive on like a wall, you're going to still end up with like potentially peeling off the paint because of the heat. Eh, yeah. yeah, either way, it's going to happen probably. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Might, easier to just kind of tear it off and then redo it at that point. Anyways, um, enough home renovation. Yeah, exactly. Home renovation of Ryan. So uh, pickups. I'll, I'll start with this one because uh, I actually had some pickups this week. I picked up Fable 2 and 3 on the Xbox 360 this week um, for four bucks a pop. Nice. Wasn't too bad. Yeah, complete in box, no scratches actually. So I went to a, a Goodwill. My wife was getting um, her eyebrows and stuff done, and she's like, "Hey, can you take me to my appointment? It's like 15 minutes, and then we're gonna go run some other errands." I'm like, "Well, there's a Goodwill right across the street, so let's pop over and see what they got." And quite a few games, but nothing that was like really, you know, anything that I really wanted per se. Nothing special. And, yeah, and like they had a copy of Halo because I don't have Halo One actually. Oddly enough. So I was going to pick up Halo, but it was scratched all hell. So I was like, nah, you know, I can pick up a copy of Halo for six, seven bucks online. No worries. And I'm not going to have to worry about scratches. Yeah. Uh, whereas this thing was just terrible. But the two games were no scratches and no top scratches either. So that was good. Uh, I also got some magic cards for my green stompy deck. 
So I picked up a uh, Renin 7. I was kind of pissed because I picked up two because, as you know, I need three for that deck. So I picked up two because they were like $14 a piece. And then they messaged me and said, hey, one of them was lost, so we can only sell you one. Yeah, okay. I know how shops work. You probably sold it to somebody and then didn't realize you still had it on TCG. And so now, you know, I, I get the you know shit end of that. But 14 bucks wasn't bad for a card that's like $18 at the moment. And then I picked up a, a few other supporting cards for that deck. Um, so I'm slowly building it. I want to see what you have to trade first before I, you know, go. Yeah, I got all rest. four of those pack leaders, one of the Ren and Seven and both of the Rangers. Yeah, which is great because that's that's really like the bulk of what I need. Um, I'm pretty sure I have everything else except for some cards that you're not going to have. So I'm going to have to buy them anyways, mm-hmm. uh, like Faceless Haven and a couple other things. But yeah, so that's what I'm looking to do. Um, finish that deck. And then I really want to play some Friday Night Magic with you. So we got to get something down, dude. Um, cause my D and D, my D and D sessions are actually shifting to with Joel every other Sunday now. Mm. So our schedule used to be like, we'd play on Friday for his campaign, play on Sunday for mine, but his wife now has to work like, I don't know, one o'clock to 10 30 or something nowadays on Fridays. Oh, for, well, she's getting a boost in pay and stuff. That's and so, good. yeah. So it's like, get a boost in pay, have a manager position, but it's a manager role for like one 30 to 10 30 on that day in particular. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, let's go to like every other Sunday. That helps me from a prepping standpoint session wise, because now I have, you know, two weeks almost to prep D&D and then it helps him as well because he has his is all homebrew. So, um, so that's nice. And the person that we're playing with here, uh, our new character that's on or our new player in my campaign, uh, we're going to see if she wants to play in his campaign as well, because she happens to live not too far from him. So it ends up working out to where we can boost up uh, his group. As far as like the amount of players, my players, I'll have a group of five total. He'll have a group of four. And um, yeah, so see how that goes. And by the way, so this is pretty interesting. Uh, I, I haven't done a D&D update like this in a while, but um, and it'll be on currently playing, I guess. So I'll shift into this. So in his campaign, you remember I had that dwarf barbarian who was like giant axe and everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I ended up like having her um decide that she wanted to uh help with Gontelgrim basically and she wanted to support uh the military there and she became a dwarf hero and everything else that she had done so she stayed back and so Joel's in this predicament now where he's like well shit who are you playing I'm like I don't know what NPCs you got because like the other character I would be playing is not coming in for quite a while he told me when we first um had this thing come up. He's like, yeah, you're going to go for like two, three months without any like character to play. Cause like story-wise, you're just not going to shift in at any point. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. So he's got me playing like this level four ranger mixed with like a level four cleric. And it, it's just been very interesting to play with his character. But we had this like crazy battle with a bunch of nulls the other day. And dude, it was almost a TPK, but I had some clutch D and D play when that was occurring. So we had like some NPC archers that were like super weak, like 44 HP a piece sitting on the top of these buildings. I had one of my archers jump down and dash all the way across the map to where it couldn't get reached by any of the null enemies. And then I had my character who had like literally two spells to start this TPK type battle. I only had two level one spells I had to strategically use. And so somehow we escaped out of his battle with all of the other characters dying except for me and an archer NPC. And I just had like some clutch D20s that were 
every single turn, man, I was at least having a D20 hit these nulls from a distance. I mean, when you're able to fire from 80 to, you know, 200 feet uh, with a crossbow, it's going to happen. So uh, it was just, it was funny play, man. I enjoyed it. And um, I think with his campaign, we're going to be stopping here pretty soon and then shifting into uh, Beyond the Witchlight for that campaign. Okay. So I, th- I think he invited you to that, but I don't know how much space he has to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, and then as far as uh, the other things I'm playing right now, I have beat the story area of God of War. You finished God of Where? God of Where. <laughs> I see that now. I put God of Where. <laughs> wow. God I of am where. Kratos. Give me your Tupperware lids. Oh, I was thinking like Wario Where. Oh, <laughs> the God of Where. <laughs> uh yeah so i have it spelled as where but i said god of war so i got to the top of jotunheim dumped the ashes found out a lot of cool things about uh kratos's story it gives actually in a sense a sneak peek into what's going to be happening in the next game so that's pretty cool uh seeing that piece and uh now it's just a matter of like going back and and finding things so like there's two realms that you actually can't go to. I'm assuming until you unlock them through like other means. Uh, so I'm going to try and do that. And I'm going to be looking for Valkyrie battles and enjoying myself with that. So right now it's just all the exploring that I didn't do. Now I can do, and I can jump into like new game plus and stuff, but why? Like, why would I want to do that? I haven't even touched, like, I think I'm at 42% technically like in completion of a game. So I'm just going to explore all that I can and, and enjoy God of War for what it is and do all the battles and all little side quests and all that, you know, until I get tired of it and then move on to the next thing. There you go. Uh, yeah, which I think is going to be uh, to the moon is what I'm going to play next. It's like, I think, four to eight hours or something. It might be more like four yeah, hours. It's not that long of a game. Yeah, super short RPG. I want to play that, see how that goes. And then, um, yeah, and then I'm really torn over New Games Resolution, man. Like, I really want to play... Arcarina Time and Majora's Mask. Like it's the two games that I'm really thinking of. But then out of the back of my mind, I'm like, I could play Killzone. And there's multiple Killzone games that I could play, but I've always wanted to finish. Well, I mean, you don't have to like use it as a series, John. I know. I know. But it didn't work so well for either of us in the past. Well, no, 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 no. See, in the past, when I said Shenmue one and two, I said, I'm gonna see how I feel about Shenmue one and then move on to two. And I decided, let's not do Shenmue 2 right away, because that's a little much. I think I beat Zone of the Ender's Second Runner on, like, New Year's Eve Eve or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was pretty bad. I, yeah, because you did the GBA, and then you did Zone of the Ender's, and then you did number two. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that was a rough year. <laughs> so Hey, that was my most successful year. The, the following year was a rough year. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Persona four, right? Or Persona yeah. Four. Yeah. Persona four. That was bad too. Uh, okay. So we'll d- dive into you, but uh, you know, before we jump into like what you picked up, uh, Mario Odyssey, since we're talking new games resolution, where are you at on that? So I just, I just beat the brutal in the luncheon kingdom. I think I've got like a hundred and ten power moons or something, or maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I was looking, online and it said you need like 124 minimum to beat the game so i guess i'm like right near there the end like is the luncheon like the second to last kingdom i don't know man i beat the game like what a year and a half two years ago three years yeah, ago i don't, I don't know. know i'm getting through it it's still early november uh it's mid-november is it 
Yes, it is like mid-November. No, tomorrow it's mid-November. True, tomorrow is mid-November, but are you really going to play on Thanksgiving and Black Friday? Dude, I'll be done by then. You think so? Yeah. I don't have that much left of this. Hold Ryan accountable on all of our social media. I mean, I'll definitely be done by the end of the year. You think so? For sure. All right. You said that with Persona and time ticked away slowly and... We got to that and ended up. Yeah, but I'm actually playing this one. I was playing it just last night. Okay, I believe you. But if you don't beat it, Spice World is coming up. You know, no Spice World. Hold the spice. Bland World. Give me Bland World. Bland World. That is. um, I don't know what game would that be. I'm not sure. We'll have to figure (laughs) it out. What Bland World might be. All right. So, so what'd you pick up? Uh, I got the Zelda Game and Watch, and it was the last one on the shelf at Target yesterday morning when I went and got it. And it is so much better than the Mario Game and Watch, like unbelievably so. Like uh, the box when you open it, it has like a nice like display inside that has like a stand you can back out of the or pop out of the back. It's got like a little Triforce on the side. It would look really nice to display with. I'm carrying mine with me because it's got Zelda 1, Zelda 2, and Link's Awakening, although it is the standard Game Boy Link's Awakening, not the GBA or uh, Game Boy Color version. Gotcha. But, I mean, who cares? That's like a lot of good stuff to be able to have with you like super easily. Uh, You know, I I feel like it's just a better release because like the Mario one just has like Mario and then the Lost Levels, but it's like you could have fit more on there, obviously, because there's way more to this than there is to those. Yeah, and, that, and those games are longer, too, mm-hmm. and have a lot more to them. Yeah, so um, I'm really happy with that. I also went on, and I finally got onto the secret layer and bought the Monster Movie pack drop, the foil set. Nice. So uh, if you're listening to this, like, as soon as it comes out, you might have, like, an hour or two left, because I think there's, like, less than 24 hours at this point left on the sale so that's all the things in secret layer for october and then they're gone so now's your chance yeah Um, i decided to not get the secret layer um i'm gonna basically get the 2019 commander decks i finally got my my 75 gift card for getting my windshield changed out mm -hmm. so i'm gonna put that towards the um the commander decks i just i thought these ones were so cool because they just look so different to normal magic cards i thought they would be worth getting my hands on um, I also found something interesting online this week that I wasn't aware of was a thing. And now I have like a new thing that I want to buy. Like I've been wanting a 2DS for like a long time and just never got one. They have these awesome, like the clear plastic for uh red version, green version, blue version, yellow version release of the 2ds and the box looks like the old school like japanese release of the pokemon covers so i want to get a green one of those i think that that would be like a sick shelf piece and also you know even though they're region locked flashcards aren't region locked so i would just use it with a flashcard anyways most likely yeah actually uh i saw those the other day too they're those super cool. Versions. I didn't know those yeah. were things. I I wouldn't. I don't think I like the yellow look of the plastic, but like the green one looks sick, and the the blue and the red one look cool. Yeah, but you know the, the yellow one's gonna be the one that's worth the most money. I don't care. I've got <laughs> enough Pikachu merch, anyways. <laughs> I know. Um, 
So that's something, I mean, I'm definitely not buying that anytime soon, but it's something that I'll keep my, keep in my little brain space up here for maybe a one day thing. And then, how's, uh, how's, um, play date watch going? Shut up, John. <laughs> so I've, I've been on play date watch 2021 and it has evolved into play date watch 2022. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I can't fault them like for them to come out and be like, Hey, we got our first 5,000 units in and there were problems with the batteries. So we sent them all back to Malaysia. We already have the new batteries on order to get changed out. You're still going to get your first batch in early 2022 now. So it's like, Oh, I got to wait. But I mean, good things come to those who wait. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad I'm still in the first 20,000 because that means other people are going to be waiting even longer now because they're redesigning all the chip work inside too. They're going to put a new main uh, thing in there, I guess, to get around all the issues that they're having right now. Well, we'll see long term how that thing pans out for you, man. At least they're catching the issues now and they're just like, hey, we're going to definitely look into this. But it's such a small release to begin with. They kind of have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so playing this week, obviously, I said I've been playing Mario Odyssey. I checked out the Zelda game and watch and, and ran through a little bit of each of those. And it just looks so good. The screen, everything's amazing about it. And then I did get Forza Horizon 5 on Game Pass and have been playing that. That is awesome. Like, people are going all out calling it like Game of the Year contender and giving it a ton of credit and i'm not going to say that it's not that it's undue credit that like it's not deserving of that because it's pretty cool like i'm not that into racing games and it's got me going for it it's got this great and i don't know if it's like always been a thing and i'm just so out of racing games but there's like this blue line of arrows that extends in front of you as you drive that basically shows like the optimum path to drive and then it fades from blue to yellow to let you know to like pull off the gas and then yellow to red to let you know to hit your brake and if you just intuitively like follow it with your fingers like you take every turn like super awesome it makes you feel like really good at doing it in a way that's not like obtrusive and annoying and it it gives you something to shoot for. Like that's kind of the thing with racing games. It's always been like a challenge is like, not only do you have to perform well, but you have to like know where you're going. And sometimes in racing games, especially like this one's kind of open in a lot of ways, you know, you can see where the flags are, but if you don't go right in between the flags, you're going to fail. It also has this awesome rewind feature that, You know, it feels like um, when they've been doing like remakes of games, they'll kind of put stuff like that in. But it's like I would love for games to just all have like a Sands of Time rewind feature just so that it's like, okay, I I screwed up. Let me just take that back five seconds instead of having to spend the next two minutes trying to overcome it or start again because of that one mishap. Yeah. So it lets you do that and you kind of like automatically rewinds you back to a point where it's like, okay, is this where you want to be? 
and it'll kind of bring it back more if you want to go more, but it won't just stop you like in the middle of like chaos. It kind of tries to pick a point where it's like, okay, now you've got some control of what you're doing. Um, so speaking of like games that you're currently playing, how do you feel about playing some Elden Ring tonight? Uh, Elden Ring tonight? Yeah, tonight. So I have my code still and I have not had any time to jump on because like conflicting times, like I was doing something Friday and then the other testing time I was out looking at cars and then today I have D&D. So like between 7 and 10 p.m. Pacific time. So our eight to 11 um, Elden Ring uh, network testing. If you want it and you intend on playing it, let me know. Otherwise, I'll take like an hour tonight to play it. I mean, I, I could think about it. <laughs> All right. Let me know by this afternoon because I yeah. got the code. It's got to be downloaded, obviously. And uh, then you can update us and give your perspective next week on Elden Ring. I mean, I've seen... Um... I've seen a couple people put out coverage. Vati put out a video on it and um, somebody else did too. I don't remember who, but man, it looks, looks really good. It sounds like it's got cool stuff. I want to summon a pack of dogs to fight for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I watched a video the other day and it was pretty sweet. Uh, Well, so before we jump into our articles, of course, find us on social media at Game Deflators on Twitter at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. Of course, find us on TheGameDeflators.com and all the podcast applications out there in the world that you are, um, you know, that, that you have available to you. So our articles this week, we are going to be looking at October NPD numbers. So the Switch outselling the Xbox and PlayStation, uh, graphics card availability, and um pretty much looking at how it's not going to improve until 2022 to get your hands on one. And then PS5 owners not playing Sony first party games. Uh, That'll be followed by, of course, our inflation deflation. But the first one. Uh, So Ryan, October 2021 numbers are showing that the Nintendo Switch has outsold the Xbox and PlayStation. So this is by Jeff Grubb over at VentureBeat. My question to you is, how long do you think this is going to sustain for Nintendo? So I talked about this on the Nintendo Fuse podcast, and I think there were, you know, a few things that need to happen for it to really sustain or go the opposite way. Uh, So just want to definitely hear your opinion on that first. Well, I think that, you know, they just released the OLED and that's definitely going to propel them until the year 20 (laughs) XX. I just, I mean, I was just talking about this uh, with our friend the other day, uh, Somebody was asking me, you know, like, hey, if I wanted to check out Animal Crossing and I was like, well, it depends on how you want to approach it because you can, you know, spend the 300 to get the standard switch. Uh, You could spend what is it like 350 to get the switch OLED or 400 to get the switch OLED and then it's like 190 for the switch light. So do you want to switch the switches? Do you just want something that you can casually sit on the couch and play? Do you want something that's going to be kind of like, you know, more performance and look better? Like it's definitely an upgrade. Like if you were, if I was recommending somebody today, I would be like, spend the extra money and get the switch OLED. Cause you're going to be long-term happier with that product because you're not going to, you know, you're never going to have that envy of the upgrade at that point. Like, I feel like if you get in on the middle, the classic switch now, you're always going to be like, well, 
I could have gotten the OLED. You know, you got to have that mentality. Like I was super confident in my purchase of the Series S because I knew what I wanted from it. And I knew that going with the Series X was going to be harder to get, more expensive, and in the long run kind of lead me towards spending more money on that system that I really don't want to spend. So, you know, I think that the Switch family has so many options that you could really pick your entry point and that's what's going to sustain it going forward because like, you know, there's also room to settle. Like if you go to the store, they don't have what you want, but you want it because that new game just came out. You're going to buy whatever one is available and maybe just be happy with it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I, you know, the thing that I see here in, in terms of it sustaining is, when does Nintendo truly plan to release this next console? Right. And is it going to be like a true, like switch Two or super Nintendo switch or whatever? It better be backwards compatible. Yeah, exactly. So like if it's backwards compatible, great. Like, or are we just going to see a switch pro, which is essentially the same thing that we've had with just like some upgrades and such. So it's not truly another console in a sense, right? The equivalent's like a PS4 and a PS4 pro. Uh, The other issue of course is supply chains. So are we still going to have this issue in 2022 to where, you know, the availability of these consoles is not as good as it is, you know, even today. Uh, So I I don't know, man, I think uh, at the end of the day, I think Nintendo can sustain these types of sales as long as there's nothing down the road that says, Hey, we're going to be moving on for this or from this and going to a different console. That's where I can see this sustaining. I mean, it's, it's a great console. Why would you need anything else? Um, and we talked about this a little bit last week too. You know, if they decide to go into like a higher powered route with a new console, I mean, that right there is going to deter tons of folks from wanting to continue picking up Switch and Switch games, unless to your point, there's a backwards compatibility aspect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. Yeah, well, not too much on here. I mean, did we? Uh, did you have the actual numbers up? I don't think they had them on here. Um, I actually actually didn't even care (laughs) about those numbers. Well, we just kind of went over the switch aspect, but so so, October 2020, uh, 472 million, and that's increased 82% or so that's what it was last year. So it's increased 82% over that. Yeah. And then 53% year to date hardware spending has increased 53% when compared to the same period a year ago. So, I mean, that's another thing. Like so many people were casually propelled into the space because of lockdown and stuff like that. So, you know, more of those people are kind of probably bringing other people in at this point, like after the lockdown and going back out, people are like, Oh, what'd you do? Oh, I played a ton of animal crossing. And people are like, oh, what's that? You know, exactly. It's probably exactly what happened with my friend. You know, heard about it from somebody else. Now that lockdown's over. Yeah. So, um, by the way, so I was looking up the actual, like, numbers here uh, for units sold and such. And as I did that, there was an autoplay video. So I'm watching you talk and I have some, like, French guy in the background speaking. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I'm so confused. Uh, I'm so in I two up, places at once. So I, uh, I pulled up the figures. Um so the Nintendo Switch sold 711,000 units overall in October, with 314,000 of those being the uh, OLED model. Uh, it also says on here that Dread sold 854,000 units as well. So uh, that is not too bad. No, um, that's but good. 
but year over year, actually, they were 3% down from last October. And mm. they, they do mention a chip shortage being one of those things. So it does make you wonder if we don't have a chip shortage and it's sustaining these types of figures the same as it was in 2020, what are we going to be looking at in 2022? Are we going to see an increase because availability is is greater? Um, Could be. We'll find out. So next time on October sales, 2022. Okay. Uh, speaking of supply chain issues, uh, graphics card. Dun, dun, um, dun. <laughs> so graphics card availability likely won't improve until late 2022. And here's why. This is Robert Carnivale at Windows Central. And so really what he kind of dives into is the same issues that we know of, right? Supply chain issues uh, being a crazy reason as to why they're you know so bad. But also things like, uh, you know, Bitcoin miners or or really just crypto miners in general, taking a lot of these cards and, and hoarding them and doing what they're doing. So while this isn't something we really talk about a ton on the podcast, I know PC gaming is obviously a huge part of our world. So do you actually think we are going to have better luck in 2022 finding a damn GPU? Or is it just going to be the same craziness over again? I feel like I've been talking about all of our articles already. I'm like, <laughs> I'm already talked through on these. So I was just talking to somebody about... Uh, the steam deck and then we started talking about graphics card and supply chain and all that nonsense i think that um it's going to continue to be tough i mean we know from all those pictures online of big shipping yards full of boxes and and stuff that it's going to keep going and all the manufacturing stuff and the chip shortages blah 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 it's all we're ever talking about graphics cards are hard to get if you want a graphics card buy a pre-built PC and sell all the other parts that came with it. <laughs> like that might be the easiest way. Cause uh, you know, those bigger brands that are trying to put together those pre-built and sell them for like big upgrade cash, you know, they've got a lot more buying power than we do as individuals trying to just get them off a store shelf. And that's also a much more proof way to get something like that because scalpers aren't going to do that. You know, I don't know if it's worth it for Bitcoin miners or whatever to do, but I mean, who knows? <laughs> so I was just thinking about this. Like, we have to do a Game Deflators Mission Impossible. Go to the shipyards over the coast of California and find a crate of GPUs. I think that's called uh, theft. No, not if we have a TikTok. Not if we play <laughs> that song in the background. And have TikTok in the background. Then when somebody catches us, be like, no, no, it's a prank. We're doing a TikTok. No, we're doing TikTok. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, I think it's going to stay the same, to be honest. I, I did notice in this article, though, they called out that NVIDIA, for example, has been working with Samsung this entire time. And Samsung is having crazy production issues, and that's why they're not able to produce as many chips. And so they're working with another company now to develop chips, which should help in the long run, um, you know, with their production of GPUs. I just can't see it getting better in 2022. I mean, until I because. When we say supply chain constraints, it isn't necessarily that you just have this chip shortage. There's also, from a U.S. perspective, there's a shortage in people being employed. I think I saw a number yesterday that said like 3.5 million people retired and 2.4 million of those people in the U.S. plan to stay retired. So, I mean, you've lost a huge chunk of workforce. So, you know, obviously they're not going to all be tied to this. But if we're already having a labor shortage on top of a chip shortage, on top of like supply chain issues and constraints, I can't see this like fixing itself in like six months. They do say end of 2022, 
But I think we're still going to have this problem all throughout 2022. Maybe the best way to move forward is to just get a job as a scalper. <laughs> and then <laughs> you don't have to worry about the shortages because you're causing them. Maybe. So all of us can become scalpers. Uh, all of us need to buy our bot programs and uh, fight against each other so we can. So then when other bot programs are better than ours, we have to struggle to not be able to scalp. <laughs> yeah. Struggle's like real. A, There's always struggle. It sounds like a solid plan for uh, 2022. Honestly, I really am hoping there's some sort of like laws that are put into place down the road to protect consumers so they can actually purchase stuff instead of all these bots coming through and buying every damn thing they can. It's honestly ridiculous, man. Like it's, it, there really should be something against this. Okay. So the next piece that we have here is PS5 owners are not playing Sony first party games. This is RE Notice at Kotaku. And so uh, really it's a top 10 of the most played PS5 games. And uh, I'll start from the bottom actually. So you have NBA 2K22, Demon Souls, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, MLB The Show 21, Destiny 2, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, NBA 2K21, which is interesting because it's way above 2K22, uh, FIFA 21, Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, Cold War, and um, surprise, surprise, Fortnite makes the top of the list of the most game or most time spent playing on the PS5. Uh, so I will be upfront and say that this is based on uh, cumulative hours, uh, but my point on this, like, obviously it's going to be, you know, based on cumulative hours, it's going to be a multiplayer game. Like there's no doubt about that. But my main question here is why the hell are people still playing Fortnite on a PS5? Like, why would you go out and get a PS5 to play Fortnite? That makes well, no sense. You probably, so here's the thing. A lot of the first party PS5 games, there's not many. There's Astro's Playroom. Death Stranding Director's Cut, Demon Souls, Destruction All-Stars, Ghost of Tsushima, and Spider-Man Ratchet. Miles Morales. And Ratchet that's and Clank is on there. You have uh, Bug Snacks came out. I don't know if that's first party necessarily, no. but I mean, so, honestly, I think there's probably about, I think there's like 16 or 20 first party games actually on the I console. I'd, so. I'd have to look at the image, but I saw one a while back that showed every first party game that came out. And there's actually quite a few. Like more so than we think. So anyways, most of those games aren't games that have like super comeback potential. Like you could sink a lot of time into Ghosts of Tsushima, but like once you beat Astro's Playroom, you're not going in there and spending a lot of time. Once you beat Ratchet and Clank, you're not going back for a second and third playthrough. I mean, Miles Morales is a pretty big game, but it's also a last gen game. So, you know, most people are probably not racing out to spend hundreds of hours playing these titles. Like we talked recently about how Sony's like really gearing towards all these amazing, you know, single player campaign stories. And that's just not reflective of what this list is like. Yeah. You know, so that's not surprising to me. Also, you know, <sighs> Like, I totally get why Fortnite is on the top of this list, because when you do look at it from an hour's perspective, yeah, like mathematically, this is always going to be the case. A multiplayer game is always going to be above something like Ratchet and Clank or Demon Souls. Although Demon Souls, you can't pump a ton of time into. So that's probably why it's on the list. But I guess my main thing is like, if you're going out to get a PS5 
and you're looking at it from like say better graphics perspective why wouldn't you just go to pc to play fortnite because like people want to sit on their couch and you can play sit on your, you can sit on your couch and play fortnite on a pc yeah, but a PC is more expensive. Like you could buy an overpriced PS5 from a scalper and pay less than you would for a PC. And yeah. you never have to, you know, like my biggest thing with PC is like, I don't want to ever have to deal with all the headaches of drivers and why doesn't this work and for forums and stuff. It's just too much. That's where you just replace people parts. that play <laughs> FIFA, NBA, MLB. NBA, why are there two? Why is NBA 2K21 and NBA 2K22 on this list? That's what I pointed out. <laughs> I was like, like really, guys? And if FIFA 21, FIFA 21, I can get that. There's probably tons of people out there that, you know, I don't well, think And it's the last FIFA. Out. Yeah, I don't think 22 is out yet. So that's probably part of that. And well, FIFA. Didn't they is, just lose their FIFA license? I don't know. I, I don't pay attention to FIFA, but I know FIFA does have a large fan base because soccer is, you know, one of the most popular sports in the world. So it would make sense that FIFA is like way up on this list, but still. And FIFA is fun, by the way, the times that I have played it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we know that they're working on a big list of games coming out soon, or maybe not coming out soon, but they're working on a big list of first party games. Like I think it was like 20 plus games or something that they have in the oven. So, you know, those numbers will change. Those numbers will pour in. I just think that, you know, the PS5, like, we're still at that point where, for the most part, it's just stuff that you can still get on last gen. Like, there's really not a whole lot of, like, oh, man, I got to get the PS5 because I can't do this literally anywhere else. I mean, Returnal is one that you can't play anywhere else. Yeah, Same but nobody's breaking down the door for either of those games. I mean, they're good games, though. Yeah, they're you know, good games, but they're not, like, they're not gonna push me to like stand in line yeah well i mean nowadays like what game is you know i haven't i really haven't had that experience in a very elden, long time uh, elden ring like yeah, but I, if i, I that. well no but i mean like if i had like a shot to get like a ps5 and elden ring was out that would be different well i mean elden ring is going to be on ps4 as well though oh that's so. true yeah, yeah so like you, you know like you wouldn't go out of your way to get a ps5 just for that see that's the thing like i wasn't gonna buy games on <laughs> on my xbox really but i'm thinking about just buying elden ring on there because who knows when i'm gonna get a ps5 yeah well i mean i got it on ps5 and i'm hoping i get one by february <laughs> so from a timing perspective my best buy credit card what i've got on there right now for my phone my last payment is february that happens to also be the last payment for my washing machine and dryer. So my hope is that I get a PS5 in February for Elden Ring, pop it back on that Best Buy credit card, and potentially a new TV. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Are you a member of the, like, Best Buy has this, like, $200 membership thing that you can sign up for that if you're in it now, you can get, like, exclusive access to be able to try to purchase a ps5 no and i'm not going to do that i mean by the time february rolls around and i think a lot of these businesses are honestly hoarding ps5s right now well we saw walmart is yeah they're all hoarding it there's no way that they aren't man they want to create some crazy demand and sell a bunch uh during that time of year so yeah i don't anticipate um not being able to get a ps5 in february really i think it's still going to be impossible 
No, I mean, I think I think by that point, you're going to have so many people that have picked them up. And because these companies are hoarding them, I think we'll be fine. So let's uh, jump into our inflation deflation this week. Uh, we played a little bit of Super Punch-Out, uh, specifically on our SNES minis. I thought I had this game, actually, so I wanted to play on the Retron 5 and upscale it and everything. Uh, but that didn't work out, I guess. I don't have it, but you have on here, by the way, you have developed by Nintendo R and D three. Is that right? Or is that a damn typo? No, that's right. Okay, cool. Uh, published by Nintendo directed by, uh, Makoto Wada and Yasayuki Oyagi. Did I get that right? You did very good, John. I did. Uh, I didn't even practice that. That was on the fly. Uh, That was released in September of 1994. It is, of course, titled a sports game, technically boxing. And a reception is between anywhere from like an 8 to 9 out of 10 on this game. I'll kick it off here. Uh, I played. Yeah, kick it. We'll really punch it. So I played just like the minor circuit. And... um, Dude, Punch Out is just such a hard game. Like, I how played, far did you get? So, <laughs> like, so I beat the uh, the one guy Hurricane. I think is his. Oh, name. you beat Piss and Hurricane. I couldn't get past him. I get. Yes. I I got a like whole game over to him. Yeah, so I beat Piss and Hurricane. I lost the next. I actually almost had the next guy. I forget his name, but he like uppercut, and it's like a one shot uppercut, and you're oh, done. So, like, wow. So this game, like, I remember playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out quite a bit in the past. And the punch out games in general, dude, the difficulty like ramps up like crazy. Yeah, so you you're, you're like, man, I'm the champ. I wrecked those first two guys. Glass Joe, this old man, whatever. Yeah, yeah the big guy that like you punch his belly and he sticks yeah. his tongue out at you, and it's like, okay, cool. Like I can totally dodge around this. But Piston Hurricane, he's like, I'm just gonna throw a hundred punches doo-doo, at once. Do 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 do. Dude, it was insane. So like, I got past Piston Hurricane on like my third or fourth try. And then jumped onto the next one and actually had the, I all the way through when I had to knock the next guy down to like a two count. I'm like, Oh, this is going to suck. So then he comes up with one uppercut, knocks me down. I'm like, shit. I'm like, seriously, took him down to about three quarters of a way. He knocked me out again, got him to his third bar. And then he just uppercut me again. And I was out. Yeah. Like immediately. I'm like, God. And of course I had no rest. There was like no practice. That's the beauty of this game though. Because this game, like as difficult as it is, it is definitely beatable. And a few more run throughs and practicing on the footwork and dodges and making sure you're blocking correctly. Dude, this game is so much fun. Like I I truly enjoy the Punch Out series or franchise. Uh, I think this is honestly probably the better one out of all of them. In yeah. my opinion. I, I don't have much experience with the Punch Out franchise. I got really interested in it kind of... Uh, from watching summoning salts videos on the speedrunning community and the blindfolded speedrunning community for Mike Tyson's punch out. So I think that it's really cool. I know that there's a lot of history with these games. I, I think it's awesome that like little Mac is a part of smash and um, I don't know. I have so much less exposure to super punch out, like seeing the character models and, just how everything was like, it looked so different, but like so much more advanced. It looked like when you see like, uh, you know, an old game that had a, an arcade release versus like a home console release and how much like, Whoa, like the arcade version was. And it's like, it seems like super punch out really is like super punch out. Like it looks gorgeous. Like all the animation and like, you know, how like, 
I, I don't know, like when I was like in there blocking against Piston Hurricane and it's like up, down, up, down, dodge. And it's like, it feels really good. Boxing is such a great sport to translate into gaming. And it, you know, with these first few iterations, it did a lot. And I know that there's been kind of like a drought in like the fight night games for a while. And that's coming back. I, there's something about like, if you've ever seen like Hajime no Ippo, it's a really good boxing anime. There's something about that and Rocky and like little Mac, the underdog, you know, coming up, fighting your way through the ranks. Like everybody could kind of relate and dig on that story motif. So I think that, uh, they're really exciting games that make you want to come back and play. Like you get to see like your record at the end when you're game over and he's sitting there on the bench. And it's like, no, we could do this. Come on. Yeah. And it's like, don't retire. It's like yeah. keep pushing or whatever. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty badass. You know, I don't know if it's like this in this game. Cause I mean, we only played as much as we did. Right. Yeah. And you know, this would be an awesome game if like you could continue to build up your character stamina and everything else as you progress. So like, yeah, you, you know, you had a three, like I had a three and four record the first go around and I started playing a little bit more just to get some fun with it. I never did get past, you know, piston, but, um, or no, I got past piston. I didn't get past the other guy, but I think the, the really cool thing on this, like if you could build up that stamina continually just like keep fighting with these guys and like continue building up your points, continue building up your stamina to where you have your rematches and things are just much easier moving along. I mean, maybe that is something and I just didn't get that far. Um, but I think it would be cool if it's not included. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody out there has made like, like a successful, like indie modernization of this. Like maybe there's not just a lot to go in and change around to really be original with. I'm not sure, but it seems like something like that would do well. Like you could be, expressive you can get like you know people that are allusions to other famous you know more modern boxers because this game is is older there's been a lot of modern history since then that you can incorporate into that yeah but you know the one thing i like about this and you know if you read out the wiki um it really calls out as well the, the thing that was I think cooler versus the other punch outs is that this does feel a little bit more cartoony to me and it does have that like outlandish colorful style for everything and that's really what kind of drew me into this versus like the mike tyson and uh i think it's the mr dream punch out as well um that's just my opinion on it too like i just i like this style better it feels like it needs to be this not so professional looking because there's a time and place for like your fight nights and everything yeah. and those types of boxing games and um what is it like buster douglas i think on like the genesis uh, there's tons of fighting games out there. This really does take it a step in the opposite direction and makes it f- like a lot more fun, I guess you could say. Do you have uh, any experience with the Wii Punch-Out game? Uh, no, but I have it. So that might be one for us to play down the road and see what we think about this. Um, and, I mean, I played a little bit of like I guess I played Wii Sports Boxing. Yeah. If we want to put it in the comparison. And while that's like, okay. Uh, that was a system seller. <laughs> yeah, that, right. I think bowling was a system seller on that. No, I think like this is so much better than anything like that could be, you know, done. Um, I'm trying to look at the wiki here, see if there's anything additional. It looks like uh, in 2016, there was a direct port of the game as well. That was released for the 3DS Virtual Console. So that's pretty interesting. Hmm. I can't really imagine playing that game in 3D. 
I, they probably like, didn't. <laughs> yeah, probably stuck it in just because it was a direct port. They would have had to do stuff yeah. to make 3D work. Yeah. Um, and then just a little bit of background as far as like the reviews and such. So uh, the game itself is praised for having good controls, which I totally agree with. Uh, deceptive challenge, uh, which, yes, it is very challenging. It is deceptive in that aspect. Uh, spirit layouts and animation uh, sounds were good as well. And uh, obviously the music, too. Um, the one thing it says here, though, that uh, there's a lack of an easy use to uh, two player mode. I don't mm. recall seeing like a two player mode on there, but I've only got one controller for my mini. So that could be part of it. Um, and obviously you weren't here to play, so there wouldn't have even been a chance to play two player regardless. Wait, you only have one controller for your mini? Yeah, and I got to see if I have two. It comes with two. I know I just left my second one in the box. That might be what it is. I got to go look for my box then. So, but I guess, uh, you know, anything else in this before we dive into our brass tacks? No. So, um, complete inbox. We're looking at 138 us dollars. Uh, that's peaking right now in November, 2021. And it looks like it's just shooting for the moon right now. So, uh, the time to buy punch out at a reasonable price has passed. I mean, this game was like a $54 game, uh, like last year at the beginning of, uh, 2020. So it's, it's gone way up. Uh, loose, you're still looking uh, 2749. Uh, that didn't peak so long ago, 3436 back in June 2021. It's kind of lifting up a little bit, but I think that one's kind of going to mellow out. I, I don't know that that one's going to keep climbing like the completed boxes here. Yeah, I think the completed boxes, like <clears throat> those, I think we're going to continue to see skyrocketing in value. Uh, for, even on some of these games that were like a little more mass produced than others primary reason being that it is complete in box the cover art especially super nintendo i love super nintendo box art yeah like it's fantastic so i can see a lot of these games spiking in value and they're only going to get worse condition and more accidents so complete in box is always going to keep going because that cardboard is not going to last forever no and i mean it's gonna become more scarce over time so i, I can totally see that being the the um the cat you know the catalyst there for higher prices on complete in box um and then, yeah, loose. I mean, we're looking at twenty seven forty nine now. You know, I still, despite this game being a fun game, I can't see myself paying more than twenty five dollars for this. Yeah, I mean, this game has been historically like sub twenty, but I mean that collector's bump from the market that we're in these days is just the reality of it. So, I mean, while you might not want to pay more than 25, I hesitate to see a future where you could pay less than 25. Yeah. I mean, it's a couple bucks more than what I would say is a good value. Am I going to say that the game is, you know, the good inflated? news is you could Go just on. get it on a super Nintendo classic. That's if you can find one, but I mean, either way, it's going to be, uh, you know, a more economical value. Like that's the thing, like moving forward, even though the super Nintendo classic isn't just readily available on store shelves, you know, it is a way to circumvent the having to collect the original game in order to play the hardware. Like, you know, this is a really close approximation. It feels like you're playing on the original hardware. It's got lots of access to stuff. I mean, it's the same thing. Like you might, 
be able to get, or you might say that like one of the Mario games on Super Nintendo is overpriced, but you can always buy the Mario All-Stars pack and get your money's worth. Like this Super Nintendo Classic's always going to be an option to get your money's worth because these games are only going to continue to go up. Yeah, so I mean, Super Nintendo Classic for sure is a way to go here. If you are looking, you know, like you just die hard, really want to have a loose copy of this game, is twenty seven forty nine like the worst possible deal? No, not necessarily. Uh, am I going to call it inflated? No. I mean, I, I think it's priced right for the market that it's in, so I would say just right. Same Where here. I would say what I would want to pay though is twenty five dollars or less, but likely not to happen unless you can get a sweet deal. Yeah. So. All right, cool. So just right this week. Um, we got to think about next week and what we want to do. I mean, it's uh, it's November. Could play Wampum again. <laughs> just kidding with you. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out for next week. We'll be in person so we can play a couple games and uh, knock them out. And be thankful. Go from there. You know, we could um, we could try playing a GBA game on the um, uh, what should I call it? On my Retron 5. You know, that's that's another thing that I was thinking about. Let's let's just talk for a moment about New Games Resolution 2022. Okay. So I was thinking, like, what games or game or series or what have you do I want to check out? What do I want to play? And I know that they're coming out with that new, you know, version of Advanced Wars for switch and i'm like i've never played advanced wars everybody says that that's a really good one but would it be better to just play it on gba than than to play the switch version like is that is that in the new games resolution to play a game that you've always wanted to play that isn't even out yet (laughs) well when does it come out i have no idea 20xx (laughs) 20xx I mean, everything's 20xx now we live in Mega Man time i mean you can mark it off as a game you've always wanted to play because like technically it is advanced wars one and two it's just got like some new features and whatnot i mean i'd say have at it if you want to play advanced wars one and two i know i don't have number two so you'd be kind of shit out of luck on that one uh but i do have number one yeah so it's an option for you Always an option. Well, I don't know. I, I've got so many ideas. Like I've been thinking of like I could just do as many dooms as I can possibly play through. Maybe you haven't, cyberpunk. You haven't played Doom correctly until it's on a pregnancy test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you gotta play on pregnancy test as well. Dude, all or all forms of Doom. I saw some guy playing like I forget what it was. I think he was playing Doom 2016 on like a full hd screen the size of like a postage stamp jeez and he's just like standing there and it's just like he's got this board in front of his face like this far away and you could just see like the little square that he's playing on and like the resolution is incredible like it looks fantastic for being so tiny yeah well i mean up to you man on what you want to do but um i can help you out a little bit on that title and uh unless you want to play it on switch i don't know so we'll keep thinking we got we got some time left i still got to get through this year's yeah for sure uh well uh i am messaging barry from premium edition games i'm hoping we can have him next week so let's uh let's play that by ear as well or sometime in the near future at least yeah i'm gonna aim for next week so let's see i said how does next week sound and he said 
Tuesday and Wednesday, he has some stuff for free other days. So that sounds to me like Barry can record with us on a Sunday. So I will chat with him and we'll see. Maybe we can have you all a premium edition games update next week. Hear from Barry all the good stuff that they're doing. Um, but we'll figure out a game as well over the week. Um, usually uh, when we figure it out and we say over the week, we mean 10 minutes before the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, just kidding. Uh, but we'll figure some good stuff out. All right. Well, that being said, this has been episode 157 of the Game of Leaders podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.